Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. But to learn more about us, please visit uh, www.ciotalknetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter. And look for this show as hashtag authentic. The topic for today is creating an authentic organization. And our guests for today's show are Sue Workman, who's the Chief Information Officer with Case Western Reserve University. Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Great. Thank you. And we also have Stephen Elkins, who's the CIO with City of Austin, Texas. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? All right, so Steve must be joining us shortly, but we will get started here. So, Sue, uh, when we are looking at this topic, and actually as part of developing this topic, we looked up the definition of what authenticity is. It is basically when we are being ourselves, true to ourselves and to others, not only in feelings, but also in actions, in the way we uh, we, we express in the way we even process ideas. So it's authenticity all over, being true to sell ourselves and others all over. That said, and we say we want to build an authentic organization, which could be, which is in this case is a workplace. Is this a tall order? <laughs> yes, it is a tall order. I think today, um, yeah, I really think of authentic organizations as where the values align with the values and purpose align with both the organization's mission and the purpose of the people and the people that are in that organization. You know, in today's world, that's a hard thing to do, um, just in getting the right people and uh, figuring out um, how to get them in the right spots in order to really um, move the organization along as well as, as them. And um, so when you say that it is, uh, of course, it is tough. We understand that. Now, it, if we don't do it, it is grossly going to undermine what an organization can deliver to its customers and to the people who work for that organization. So the stakes are high, too. So what do you think we have reached a point where what we are trying to deliver is making us, uh, basically motivating us to ignore what other challenges we may have and, and charge ahead and actually convert any organization into an authentic organization? Well, I think it, it is tough. And I think just the challenges that we have daily um, in organizations now to, you know, be able to stay afloat and make sure that we are, if you're in a company making a profit or if you're in an organization like I'm in, in higher education, that we're able to deliver the services at a price that um, students are willing to pay, um, then I think it's really, it's a, it's a tall order now, but I think it's really, it's, uh, required um, in order to really move the country and the and the world along. Um, I think we've got to have organizations that can function at a very high level and that have people in it that are quite motivated and excited about the work that they do and um, understand really where they fit in that organization and how they relate to the mission of that organization. 
You know, when we look at commercial organizations who are there, of course, to make profit, there would be some people, if they were to listen to a topic like this, they will poo-poo it because they'll say, okay, if we were to get real, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. a quote-unquote real, then authenticity cannot survive. What do you have to say to that? Well, I, I think that's just not right anymore. It, um, I think the workforce that we have um, and the one that's, you know, just entering the workforce now, um, these people want to be real. They want to contribute. They want to have a, a sense of purpose and mission. And so I think in order to really attract the right people into your organization, um, you really have to to think about, you know, it's more than just, um, days of old where, you know, people would come to, into a factory and work eight hours and leave. I mean, now you need the knowledge workers that really want to be there and can contribute above and beyond what's maybe even expected. All right. So we have Steve Elkins, Chief Information Officer, City of Austin, Texas, has joined us. Hi, Steve. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Now, you just may have heard uh, Sue's comments about authenticity, and you work for the government. Now, let's talk authenticity with you. How's that going? Um, so, uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, as, as I, I looked at what the topic was, I wasn't actually familiar with the term. And as I started researching, I realized that the the, the process has been in place for a long time. It was just the terminology is new. So, I would say that uh, this is something we're striving to do is to become an authentic organization. And, you know, we were focused, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we're not so much focused on the IT side of things, but we are focused on the customer service side of things, the customer experience, the employee experience. And so uh, um, these are things that are, are very important to, to the city's organization. Now, what does an authentic organization look like, Sue, compared to an inauthentic? What are, what are some of the things, not essentially that somebody's cheating or lying, but what do you see as a difference in the characteristics of uh, some, uh, an organization which is authentic versus the one which is not? Well, I think that, you know, an authentic organization really um, knows what it's striving for, and it has a sense of purpose, and I, I think you said the definition was really to be yourself, and so I think the organization has to be able to know what it is and then align the people and the, um, the jobs and, and the processes and every part of it in order to um, all the stakeholders, basically, in order to um, really maintain that sense of purpose. So, you know, it's something that I would think that people that work in a, in a real authentic organization that um, they align with, and I think that can change from time to time, but are people that understand that they make a contribution every day and what their contribution is versus an inauthentic, which maybe they just go in to do their job and leave. So, Steve, one is to uh, think about authenticity as a tool or a carrot, if you will, to attract the right talent. Now, that's great. You are bringing people in and the right talent, which is going to serve you well. However, when they do come in, the DNA of the organization could transform them for the better or for the worse. How do you maintain authenticity within the organization that these people are actually improving on what they brought and eventually the cumulative effect of everyone working in an authentic manner leads to the right results? Uh, Good question. Uh, So what I think, uh, just to build on what Sue was talking about, uh, it's important that you're very you're inclusive with 
the the goals of the organization. Uh, you cannot have the goals of the organization developed at the top and 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 try to push those down. So what you have to do is develop the the goals of the organization throughout the organization. Uh, we actually went through this process about a year ago. And we we changed our mission statement. We 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 no longer say that we're an IT shop. We we say we're a customer service shop. And we've actually came up with some some uh, what we call pillars, which are our focus areas, which is customer experience. Uh, you know, the employee experience, and we look at flexible sourcing. What is the right mix of people we need in our organization? And then the other one is one city IT that we're we're all marching in the same direction to achieve a common goal. And so uh, by uh, by developing that and, and the goals, uh, we were real inclusive in developing those so that there's buy-in throughout the organization on what it is we're trying to do. And, you know, I, I tell folks that we're not in the fixing PC business. We're in the customer service business. And so if the, the culture that f- folks feel inclusive, uh, as we bring in new talent, then they uh, hopefully that, that culture uh, – resonates throughout and, and, and that the individuals that we bring in are free to say, hey, I got an idea. How about we do this? Or or um, here's a way we can improve the customer experience or here's a way we can improve the, the employee experience. And so we we allow the ownership to not sit with just the leadership, but the ownership um, can sit within the whole organization. So I think that's what you have to do. You have to have the right culture, and then the the new folks coming in have to buy into uh, that the organization is is walking the talk and and not just talking it. So so we could have a great uh, vision. You could have a leader who is really a charmer, and then you could have a very compelling value proposition of of why you should do what you should do. But then the, the devil is in the very execution, how individuals come together, how they interact, how do they truly put the agendas uh, on the table and get their grievances uh, addressed and, and interact with each other. All of those things that happen within an organization and the sum total of that is what we deliver is where authenticity can be compromised or enhanced. How do you keep a check on all of that? Well, I can I can start off with that, and I, I think it's really up to the leader to make sure that those things are happening. And you can do that by building your teamwork, making sure that communication is happening between them, um, training them, you know, giving them leadership training. I think, especially in the IT organization, we often say, "Oh, you're a really great technologist. How about you come a manager? You become a manager and go." <laughs> um, and we don't really train people what it takes to be a manager and or, you know, even beyond that to a leader um, and a strategic leader. So I think we really have to have some professional development and we have to tell them what's expected uh, and measure upon that. So, you know, if we expect that they will act like an authentic organization, first of all, the leader needs to act <laughs> that way and make sure that they are being very um, 
trustworthy and 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 giving uh, people the environment that they need in order to uh, thrive and um, and then hold people accountable and then you know coach them everybody needs coaching along the way to say you know let's let's get you back on track here let's let's figure out how to um, make this work so I, I really think much of the um, actions of the employee re- actually do um, really are requirements of the leader. So, Steve, if you were to look at any organization where people are working, whatever they are doing, they are coming from different backgrounds, right? So you, you may have people who are long-timers who may have things happening in their personal lives and their social uh, life, etc., which may, or, or there may be influences where, who may, where, where people may tell them to do this or that and which may not be a true reflection of how they think. And you, on the other hand, are working hard to try to build that authentic culture. So you've got competing forces here. How do you beat those forces? Um, well, these are tough questions, right, Steve? These are, these are, yeah, absolutely. So I would just say, um, you know, uh, this has to be a, a, a it has to be a journey, uh, you know, and trying to get to the destination. But you have to go through the journey, and so you have to realize that you're not going to be able to have 100% compliance. And so what you, I think what you want to do is focus your efforts, uh, uh, you know, on the folks who are, who are interested in being part of an authentic organization and, and hope that uh, some of the naysayers who feel that, oh, this is just another program that will just last another year or two and then something else will come up after this, and, and that you would hope that they would see the culture shift and, and would want to be part of that culture shift or maybe determine that the, the, the culture shift is too much and, and, and they're not a good fit for the organization anymore. Um, but, uh, but, but as you do it, it, it has to be a long-term commitment. And, 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 but as you said, I mean, you change as, as things, as, as outside forces change. You have to change, you know, what, does, what, what makes your organization authentic. So I just I, I don't think you, you strive to get uh, I don't think you actually achieve a hundred percent compliance within your organization, but you, uh, you you try to change the culture and hope that the um, that 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 the folks who are are, are challenging either get on board or, uh, or or they find out that they're they're on the wrong bus. So so we'll take this question after the break, but I wanted to lay it out for you. So how about us thinking as a parent? And when our child may be getting some advice or, or notions which they will bring from school or other some of their friends, which may not be right for them and which may otherwise be rendering them as inauthentic. So it's our job to somehow tell them or somehow change that and or maybe make them immune to such comments going forward. The same concept applies to a leader who would basically counter whatever the counter, counterproductive inputs that are being given to our employees or people in the organization and which is making them inauthentic, we have to counter it and or wear the parents hat. How would we do that? What will we say or do so that they start listening to you more versus uh, the outsiders and also shed that negative influence, if you will, and start working with you to build an authentic organization? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Sue, let's compare ourselves to a parent, and how would you take care of your kids? Well... You know, as as a parent and and now a grandparent, um, I would I would take the grandparents would be the easy way out to like say you need to talk to your parents, but, um, but I think you know the the thing is to just sit down and and really address it with people. Um, people have emotions, you know. I think we used to we used to ask our workers to check their emotions at the door and. Um, that's really not a good way to have an authentic organization. And I think, you know, we need to, just as we would with our children, sit down and say, let's talk about it and help them think through things. So maybe not just tell them what you want, but help them by asking questions and and getting them to come to that conclusion on their own um, will help them to really, you know, make things um work better for them. So I think you can do the same thing with adults and um, just help them come to their own conclusion and, and they'll buy into it better than if you're just telling them. So Steve, your comment for the, the question that I'd asked previously, you'd, you'd suggested that we at least work with the, the A players, if you will, the ones who you know voluntarily want to be authentic and want to work with you. And the others, you try, but you do not try to a degree where you take the focus away from the A players. Do you think that's the strategy that's going to take the company forward, the organization forward and make everyone authentic? It's it's a strategy, um, and I, you know, the the, the there's a um, an HR methodology that you know you identify people's strengths and you identify their weaknesses, and then you try to develop their weakness. Well, one another approach is that you cater to their strengths, and so maybe this is the same thing: is that the A players would be the strengths of the organization. And then you you focus on those individuals to move the organization forward, and not um, not try to. I, I think you want to turn folks as much as possible, but I don't think you want to exert all your energy into trying to turn uh, folks who are who are not interested in, in in going in the direction that the organization is going into. Um, but I, I again, I you know, I think Sue hits some has some valid points, and the question you asked her previously, I think. You know, you, you, you allow people to, to have a voice, um, and, and maybe they have ideals. Maybe there's, there's a reason why they're a naysayer or not interested. And so if you can help them get to the same place, then, then you're better off. But if, if there's no way of turning those folks, I don't think you, weigh, you, you invest a lot of time and take away from the folks who are interested. So the interesting part about um, authenticity is that sometimes even us as leaders – 
like for example, Sue, I'll take your example. You may be leading people with the best intent, but sometimes you may get caught in that authentic versus inauthentic dilemma, and you do not know, and you may not know if you have tilted more towards the inauthentic. I'm not saying you are doing it, but I'm saying any leader could have that temptation. And if that happens, smaller or bigger decisions are being made every day. And that could lead to, again, a cumulative effect of what's the level of authenticity an organization achieves. So how do we, as authentic leaders, try to lead by example and be authentic at all times because the whole organization depends on us? Well, I think that is our job as a leader is to really, you know, be the example and, um, you know, come in every day and basically have, you know, your your game plan ready to go. And I guess the other thing, though, is that you, you can be authentic and, you know, there are times when maybe you aren't on your A game or that, um, you know, life is getting in the way for you and... No, I think you do have to kind of sit back and, and think about that and be very careful about your own reactions during that time. But I think it's also okay to tell people, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't do this right. Let's rethink this. Um, and, you know, people are usually pretty, pretty good about, you know, accepting those things and trying to help you. Um, I think you can also say, you know, I need a little help. You know, let's think through this, or, you know, I could use a little coaching here, and whether they're um, direct reports or whether they're your teammates, um, and I think it's okay um, to show that maybe you aren't quite all um, sure about where you where you need to go, and so, you know, I, I've, you know, there's all this stuff about life balance and life and career balance and that kind of thing, and I really don't think that exists. I think it's more of a harmonic. You, you know, today's workforce and and our jobs are and our lives are about twenty four hours a day. So, you know, we really have to figure out how does this work in a harmonic. Sometimes we have a major chord that's going just fine, and sometimes we have a minor chord that might not quite be um, where we want to be. And so, I think we just have to work to. Um, you know, work together and figure out how to, how to make things um, the best we can make them. Steve, if this was a result-driven organization, which is going to look at the results versus the process or the, the capabilities we are developing for our people along the way, then authenticity can be compromised. And But at the same time, the top-level people just care about results. How do you battle it? Hopefully, um, you can have your your mission vision, which is uh, driving the um, the authentic organization, aligned to the the mission vision of the the overall organization. Um, so, I mean, so me for me personally, I mean, I, I've been fortunate that the city of Austin has really focused on the customer experience, and so. I mean, I'll read to you my, my vision statement for the department says to be strategic IT business partner of choice. Uh, the mission statement says to provide excellent customer experience and deliver innovative business technology solutions. And so we've tried to align our mission vision with the city's overall mission vision uh, so that we're in alignment. Now, if you're out of alignment, um, 
I would, I, my recommendation would be is that maybe your mission and vision of the department is, it may need some adjusting to align because you're going to get better as you try to become authentic. Uh, the, the 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 folks in your organization, if they can see the the linkage between what they do, what the mission and vision is, and how that ties to the mission and vision of the overall organization. Uh, it's easier to digest. If you are trying to say something completely different, if, if, if the mission and vision was to to be, you know, to put out ten apps a year and it doesn't tie to anything, then you you, you have a a hard time getting folks to follow you in that in that space. So, um, I, I think so you probably need to review whether you have the right mission and vision to lead the lead that authentic organization effort. So, Steve, your your point is well taken that we should have a vision and mission which will drive everyone, the whole troop. Now, let me take an example. I will not name the company, but I spoke to someone who was a leader in the customer service department. And the CEO came to him and said, I want you to build the absolutely best customer service organization and go do whatever you want to do. But then at the same time, when he started looking at the budgets, the people that are assigned and the quality of people he's allowed to get, there has been resistance across the organization. So here from the top, he's getting the pressure that you have to deliver results. But when you have, when you are kind of given the responsibility with one hand tied behind your back, what do you do? So this person admitted that he had to succumb to that pressure and he had to keep telling the CEO that we are working hard. And also, even though when he said he wanted to have more resources, that was not really uh, considered to the degree he would like to. So, of course, the results would suffer. And then he started falling into that spiral, if you will, of inauthenticity where he was telling, oh, yeah, everything is going great. But behind the scenes, it was really not because he was tied and his job was at stake. So, Sue, when I bring you this situation, what should have happened from an organizational standpoint? What should the organization do to extend their support? Or how could they have done changed this? And how this individual as a leader should have, uh, you know, performed and or responded to the situation? Well, I think, first of all, if, if that's what the leader really wants, then... Um, uh, the the person responding, the manager who um, should be very honest with his response, um, should not be saying, "Yeah, everything's going well." If everything's not, I think you can you can always say, "If this is our goal, this is what I have to have in order to do this. This is what I've already reallocated, or this is what I've already done to address that." But in order to reach the goal that you've outlined for me, this is what I'm going to have to have to do that. Is this still the goal, or um, you know, do we need to do something different? So I think you 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 should be if you're an authentic organization, you should be able to to actually um, tell the truth and be very factual about how things um, are presented. You know, I do think in that situation, and I've kind of been in that situation in different parts of my life, and. Um, 
I think you do have to also be very uh, innovative and look and see, are there new things that we can do? Are there ways to prevent um, any kind of occurrence that would require uh, customer interaction with, with your service desk? Are there ways to reduce the cost? Are there ways to do self-help? Are there ways to to actually just be able to meet the expectations or beat the expectations at a lower cost. And so, you know, sometimes you can take, if if you can't hire the level of employees that you want because of, say, a salary or a compensation budget, um, sometimes it's better to think about, you know, should I not hire the entry-level people, but maybe I need to hire uh, instead instead of two entry-level people, maybe I need to hire a more um, mature, um, higher-level person to, to do that job. And so I think you just have to look at things differently to see what you can do first before complaining or before um, telling people you can't do it, but what is it that you can do first and then um, figure out, you know, what it is it's going to take to really um, make the, the goal work. And so, um, but... All in all, it, it doesn't do you any any good to say things are going well if they aren't. Can I, uh, Sandra? Can I also sure, comment on this question? So uh, I actually, I also had a similar situation. Uh, the city manager's message is always to be the best managed. We want to be the best managed organization in the, in the country. And so when I was giving my given, here's what we would like to get out of it out of a best managed IT shop. When I looked at what was being asked and what could actually be delivered, uh, I had to go back and have a conversation with city management and say, I can't give you best manage. I can only give you best effort based on the tools I have available today. And so, uh, I mean, it was a hard conversation, but, uh, again, you have to be in an organization where you're free to say uh, what you're asking for doesn't match the pieces that are in place. And so... Based on what you want me to, we either have a two choices. We change the expectation, which is I give you best effort with the tools I have, or you provide you you provide the tools uh, to help us get to a best managed organization. And so, uh, so in turn, I mean, we kind of met somewhere in the middle, but you have to have that conversation. You cannot say yes, we can do it, we can achieve it. Um, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, the the, the phrase. To, you, they say do more with less. I always say you do less with less. You don't do more with less. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's compare and contrast a result-driven organization and value-driven organization. Which one would actually be more conducive to instilling authenticity across the chain of command? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Com. 
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Sue, why don't you take this question about um, value-driven organization versus result-driven? Because result would not matter. Result-driven organizations would not really care as much, or maybe they would, but not to a degree, where they see what's the process. Did they trample over people's head? Did somebody get fired or someone was demotivated? Somebody lost their authenticity? They just want to see the numbers. And the value is when value is created at all levels. Which one is more practical and which one would lead to a more authentic organization? Well, I, I, I would really like to see organizations that have both <laughs> results and values. Um, I think if you're only results-oriented, um, your, your people are not going to stay around long now, um, especially in the IT organization. There are too many choices. There are um, a lot of, of jobs that are available for people that might align better to their ideals. So it's hard to retain uh, talent in that kind of organization um, where, you know, we're just looking at the bottom line or really looking at just a goal for the corporation and not um, including the values of the people of that organization. So I think that the value-driven organization um, will, in fact, survive longer. It will um, allow people to think about what it is that they're doing and contributing. And, you know, I, I have actually told my own organization here that, you know, we need to enjoy this. I mean, yes, we work very hard. And we do deliver results. But I hope that if people are giving, you know, 8, 10 hours a day, maybe even more, to um, their work, that they are enjoying that. That's a big part of their life. And so I really want them to have fun doing it. And um, at least most of the time, I mean, I don't think you can have fun all of the time or they wouldn't call it work. But... Um, you know, I do think that I want them to really have an experience that they know how they're contributing, they know what um, their individual contributions mean to higher education or to the students, faculty, and staff here at Case Western Reserve. So, you know, a value organization, value-based organization, I think will be much more successful in the long run. So, uh, Steve, when you're looking at uh, this value-driven versus result-driven, are you thinking that with value-driven, we would produce the results anyways, but at the same time, people will be far more relaxed and they would feel more connected to the cause? I I do. I do think that. I, I, I really can't add much more to what Sue just said, I mean, I, I think you're right. You want both. You would hope that the values would lead to results, but your your focus cannot be results only because you will not get people to stay. They will not buy into the cause. It would uh, it would feel like a, a, a just a factory, and, um, and and not that I mean I'm not saying anything negative about factories, but you know that you would just crank out product um, without any concern about the employee experience, the customer experience, and I think by having values being the, the, in the front of all of that, um, that your organization is going to be a healthier organization and you're going to get more out of employees and, and uh, hopefully you get less turnover because of that as well. 
So, so we've heard uh, that when it is a knowledge worker versus someone who is pulling out widgets or creating widgets, as Steve said, in a factory, then their mindset is a little different. And the way they would produce better quality would be a totally different set of incentives, totally different set of environment. So given IT and maybe many of the businesses today have moved to becoming more of the knowledge worker oriented. So if you were to provide the environment which will make this knowledge worker become the best they can be and all along be the most authentic they can be, what would that look like? Well, I think it looks like um, something like this is that the leader of that person, really the manager of that person, needs to um, sit down with them and establish goals and ask about their own career objectives and give people opportunities, give people stretch goals, and um, help them to really grow um, when those opportunities come about, um, then you can um, help them to move into those and coach them and mentor them. So I really think that in, in today's world, you know, the, the, the workers, the knowledge workers, they really need to be coached. They really want to be coached. They really want to learn and excel and succeed. And so we just really have to give them all the tools and resources that they need in order to to make um make realization of those goals. And um, it's really not that hard if you think about it. I mean, you know, I tell people all the time in my organization, I want them to be ultra successful. And a lot of times it, <laughs> when I first started saying that, they um, looked at me like, really? You do? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I want you to be ultra successful. I want you to have everything that, you know, you need in order to uh, grow and be able to do the current job that you have and, and be able to move on to the next one. And so I think that if we take that position and really help people, all people, to be successful, um, then everything will be a lot better for the entire organization. So, Steve, when you're looking at the short-term goals versus the long-term goals, this is something where we have eye on the ball, everybody's working so you can watch it. But then once the project is over and you're looking across multiple projects, more different people come and go. If you were to have an authenticity meter, which you had to maintain as people are coming and going, and, and especially in today's day and age, to be very frank, when you have got this uh, agile uh, project management techniques where things are literally getting done within months, do you think you have the luxury to start assessing the authenticity level and the value-driven, et cetera, et cetera? I, I do. I think you, um, you'd, have to, you'd have to figure out a way to assess it. Uh, there would not be a one-size-fit-all type of assessment um, I uh, that's actually a tough question. I I, I think what you would do is um, try to come up with some 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 common assessments, but then also try to determine for the agile space. Um, maybe the assessment is not so much on uh, the, the the process itself or anything, but more so the customer experience. I mean, if 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 we assess the customer experience, then, uh, and if that's our focus, then, yeah, I think you could assess whether or not we're an authentic organization based on if, if that's what we're striving to do is to be the, the best 
customer service experience, deliver the best customer uh, customer uh, services, and, and and at the same time have a enriching employee experience as well. I, I think you could actually fi- figure out metrics around that. So, Sue, so if you were to, if I were to ask you the same question about having an authenticity meter in the fast-paced, uh, warp speed-based organizational, uh, you know, velocity, if you will, that we have today. Do you think these, these things matter? If they do, then how do you change tires of a moving car, a fast-moving car? Yeah, Uh, you do it really fast. (laughs) Um, But I think that um, I think there's there are some metrics. I mean, I do think that you we need to have um, performance evaluation and coaching sessions for every employee, and at some regular interval, would be that you know three months, six months, uh, twelve months, whatever, um, really fits that. That need, but I think we need to have those. I think we need to um, have employees set their own goals as well and figure out um, what they what they have done in order to meet those goals. Um, just professional development in general. I mean, I, I've heard people say, "I don't have time to to go to this professional development activity." It's like, "Oh yes, you do." I mean, we have to make right. that. We have to we have to have. Um, the ability to have either some time flex or backup so that so that employees can continue to hone their skills, especially in IT or, you know, and, and very quickly those the current skills can be quite out of date. And so, um, you know, I do think that, that there are are some metrics. Maybe they're not the general, you know, how many how many X's did you do, but more or less, how did you achieve the goals that were set um, before you? Yeah, you know, I mean, one thing just to add on to that is that uh, I was just thinking about some of the common goals. I mean, for, in our space, it's about how many how many help desk tickets did you close? How fast did you close them? You know, what is the uptime of the you know the the the, the hardware? And so if you if you look at those traditional things, those do not measure whether or not you're a authentic organization or not. So you have to move away from those traditional performance measures and and look more at the the employee side and do have the coaching and mentoring uh, and and the customer side is the are the customers satisfied with the level of service they're they're getting? Um, when we at one point when we had our you know try to close tickets as fast as possible staff was closing tickets without solving the problem <laughs> so we had to say well can we you know close the ticket and not have it reopened and well that's a different metric now so it's making sure that we fix the problem we're just not focused on closing the tickets without addressing the problems right and and i think those there's metrics around all of those that um I, in fact i don't believe in in measuring first call resolution, I don't care how many calls it takes. I want I want them to solve the problem as fast as possible and, and get the the customer working productively. But I think w- along with that, we do measure. Um, you know, did you get a solution? Um, were you treated with courtesy and respect? Um, so that that um, we do have some feedback on. Um, how interactions were done. That doesn't mean people would necessarily get in trouble, but it, it may identify a training solution or a training opportunity that we need to um, 
address with our staff. Um, I also think that you can look at metrics like with exit interviews. I mean, why is this employee leaving? And is there something that I can do to retain them? And and sometimes um, it's best. It's best for the person. And I think you have to look at the person here, too. It's best for the person to, to leave in order to expand. Sometimes, it, it, you know, I... Um, I even encourage that sometimes, you know, kick them out of the nest. You need to grow. You need to, to, to be able to fly a little bit on your own. And so I think that you can look and see why are people leaving. If they're leaving because they're unhappy or, you know, some situation, then you need to figure out what you can do to address that. If they're leaving because somebody's offering them, you know, $50,000 more to to go, then you need to be thinking about what you can do to address that problem or just know that you can't. And, um, and you know, if somebody's leaving for a great opportunity, then you congratulate them and make sure that you always leave the door open. So I, I just think that there are different metrics that you can begin to look at that maybe traditionally haven't really been ones you focus on. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back. And I'd like to pose a question to you, Steve, that if I have to take my daughter for a swimming class, I want to make sure that the trainer knows how to swim properly and she will, he or she will not cause issue while training this individual to the maximum. Like my daughter should learn swimming, but her, her life and her well-being is not jeopardized in the process. I wanted to relate this back to the type of training we spoke about, that we have to send people for training. What are we training them for, especially people at the, the lowest, most level in the organization? Mostly skills. But we are talking about authenticity here. Who trains them? How do you get that type of training? And how do you rely on the type of outsourced training, if you will, or even your own managers that they are being trained by the best. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Steve, I asked you this question about a swimming class that my daughter may be sent to, but I'm not sure if I can really rely on the trainer, whether they would really teach her well, but at the same time also be taking care of her well-being. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, I would say that in the IT space, we do a good job of sending folks off for technical training, uh, you know, we make sure they understand, you know, how to work on the, the, the different hardware, the different applications they support. Uh, but the, the, the area where we may not be as good is on the softer skills, which is, 
you know, some leadership skills, some customer service skills. Uh, and so how do, we, how do we get them that training? I, I think there's a couple things. Um, one, you could have work groups within your own organization uh, to, uh, I mean, we have, a, we have a work group where we do crucial conversations. How do you have conversations with employees? And it's, it's open to all levels. And so that individuals in turn are given an opportunity how to, how to engage in conversations that may not be comfortable. Um, I think you'd also have leadership. We do, you know, we assign individuals, mentors uh, to our, our leadership team here. So that way, again, you can, um, you know, a lot of times, as Sue described this earlier, you, you take the best tech person and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to reward you and we're going to make you a, a manager supervisor and we will not give you the tools. We just, just keep doing what you're doing. And so we assign these people mentors now so that they can have a relationship with somebody in a leadership role and then be able to bounce ideals back and forth. Um, as far as going out, I don't, I don't have an, an answer to how do we verify the, the training that's outside of the organization? I don't know. I mean, one of the things I've done, I mean, I've purchased books, you know, where I've re, I read leadership books, and I and I've think that this may be a good book, and I can pass that on uh, to individuals, or I will buy this for my executive team and say, here's a book that I would like for all of you to read, and, and in, in turn, you know, I would like to, for us to have a, a discussion about, you know, some of the key points inside the book. So, so we know that most organizations are not just 10 people. You know, we, we sometimes compare the leader to a coach and you've got a team of NBA and, and someone really makes all of them stars. But that doesn't happen in real life for the larger organizations. So you got to be able to identify either your clone, assuming that you are the person who can make people become most authentic. Otherwise, what's your plan? Well, wow, that's a tough one. I, I do think that you're right. Um, you know, not everybody's a star. And, and actually in athletic teams, not everybody's a star either. Everyone on, on an athletic team has a role. And that role may, in fact, my, I was on my college basketball team, and my role was to be a really great practicer, you know. <laughs> I was there to, to make everybody else better because <laughs> I was not tall enough. But, um so I, I think that you still have to get have roles for people, and you have to help them figure those roles out. It may not everybody may not be the you know the raw raw cheerleader. Let's you know do these things, but I think you have to have your organization in a good place where um, you have the right people that are are leading and able to um, set the environment. Well, and those people that, I mean, there's people that can't or don't want to do those kinds of things. Well, let's get them in roles that they don't have to. And um, so, you know, I think it's just really figuring out where you are and um, and making sure that, 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 that your team is really prepared. I mean, I've had organizations up to over 400 people. And um, I've said every I've said many times that um, you know people don't scale. So the more you have, it really doesn't matter. You have to take care of them. So you've had a couple of examples with children. You know, if you have two children or you have six children, just because you have more doesn't mean they scale. They each need. Um, 
they each need care and feeding and attention and emotional support. And so I think the same thing with the employment team is you have to make sure that you have um, your team laid out so that each does get professional development and technical support as well as emotional support and uh, ways to help them grow. Yeah, I, th- I think also that goes back to something I said earlier as well, is that you can either try to, to to find somebody's weakness and try to develop that weakness, or you try to take advantage of their strengths. And so I think in, in some situations that's what you do, is that uh, you identify what a what a person's strength what their strength is, and that's the role they play on, in, in your organization, which may not be. To a superstar role, but a, a a valued role in the organization, and so that they had they need to understand, um, you know, what their role, how that contributes to the the, the overall goals of the organization. But again, it's uh, it's not putting them in a position that you're you know you're giving them these development opportunities, and that's an uncomfortable space for them, and that's not a place where they're going to thrive. And and so in turn, you, you you may have set somebody up for failure. I mean, there's other folks in the organization. I think. You know, as Sue said, you know, push somebody out of the nest. I think that's that's also a good thing. But there are others who will not thrive in that space, and so you just allow them to operate in, in their in their space and in the area where they're best suited. And, and let them know it's okay. That's Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. That um, Steve referred to. You know. Um, your strengths, and, and there is a, a good book I have seen and read before. I was looking at it. It's on my bookshelf, and it's like, I can't see who it's from, so I had to just look it, it up. It's by uh, Marcus Buckingham, which is Now Discover Your Strengths. He has First Break All the Rules is his first book, and then Now Discover Your Strengths. And it's really to um, talk – it really talks about um, – how you how you really want to increase your strengths and not just try to always increase your weaknesses because that may not be where you will thrive, but uh, thriving on your strengths. Right. And one last question for both of you, 30 seconds each. If you had to give three words each to uh, the fellow leaders who may be listening and trying to make an improvement in the way they are going to work towards building an authentic organizations. What would those be? So starting with you, Sue, and Steve, you cannot repeat what Sue shares. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think first is examine your own values. And um, I guess that's, that's four words there. But I would, I would concentrate on values, you know, um, that uh, make sure that you have people in the right seats in, in your organization. So we can take value seats and... Um, I guess also uh, professional development, both your own, uh, concentrating on your own professional development, be it leadership or technology, and and your staff. Steve, so, so my three words are lead by example, and uh, and what I would say is that when I first joined the, the IT organization at City uh, as the CIO, uh, one of the things that I was worked on putting in place was a governance process. Prior to that, the CIO had pretty much all the authority on technology decisions. And so by putting a governance and process in place, I in turn allowed the businesses to be part of the process and help determine the, the direction we should go from a technology standpoint, not so much on the solution side, but on uh, the business solutions that needed to be implemented. 
And so in turn, uh, leading by example, I mean, it showed my team, because initially they were thinking, why are you giving up some of your power? Why are you giving up some of your authority? And it's, you know, this overall was good for the organization. Uh, and so in turn, we have better relationships with the customers we support because now they're part of the decision process and not uh, they're not being, no, you, you're not going to get this this year, maybe next year, whatever. They're part of the decision process. So they understand uh, the transparency behind the decisions. And so I, I think, you know, lead by example is what's been uh, helpful for me. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Steve and Sue, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can introduce authenticity in the very DNA, which will help all the people, including the workers, the management, and the customers. Thank you so much. Thank you. And listeners, hope you enjoyed it. Take some authenticity back with you. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog, all your talk show hosts. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.